The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org.
All right, good evening, everyone. Good evening, and welcome to our city commission meeting uh, on this November 9th. We'll go ahead and call this meeting to order. Uh, as we do that, I'll ask that you join me for a moment of silence before we get to the Pledge of Allegiance. Thank you. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay. Next, that will take us to roll call. Commissioner Moody. Present. Commissioner Jones. Here. Commissioner O'Connor. Present. Commissioner Sassi. Present. Commissioner Ruppart. Here. Commissioner Lanier. Present. Mayor Bliss. Yes. All right. Um, before we get to public comments, I'll introduce our interpreter. Uh, but before I introduce her and turn it over, I'll just remind everyone we have a couple opportunities for public comment tonight. The very first one is on agenda items, um, specific to agenda items that we're voting on or that we talked about earlier today. We do have a scheduled public hearing on an application filed by Utz Quality Foods to transfer an industrial facilities exemption certificate. If you are here tonight to be heard on that item, I'm going to ask you to stay put uh, until we get to that item. And then the last opportunity is at the end of the night. Uh, there are some expectations for this space. This is uh, an official city commission meeting with business to be had during the public comment. We ask that you uh, respect the rules and the meeting expectations and procedures, which are listed um, there on the wall. And I'll repeat them each time we open it up for public comment. So with that, I'll uh, turn to our interpreter. If you need assistance with interpreting uh, interpretation services, she'll be happy to help. Good evening. We're pleased to provide Spanish interpretation services this evening. This include interpretation during the meeting and for those who want to provide public comment. <coughs> Buenas noches. Estamos complacidos de proveer servicios de interpretación en español esta noche. Esto incluye interpretación durante la reunión y para aquellos que quieren proveer um, comentario público. Gracias. Thank you so much. All right, so that will take us to our first opportunity for public comment. Again, uh, this is for items that are specific to uh, issues that we're voting on tonight. So we had a full agenda earlier today in a number of our standing committee meetings. So for public comment, we ask that you share your name, the city that you live in. We'll give you up to three minutes to speak. And for this first opportunity, we ask that you be explicit about what item you're referring to. Also over there uh, is a clipboard, and we ask that before you speak, you put down your name. Uh, and that really is just for our minutes, so our city clerk gets those uh, correctly written in our minutes. So I'll open up first public comment period, and again, we ask you to let us know what agenda item, agenda item you're speaking to. So welcome. Good evening. I'm Gloria Cook. Whoa. I'm with Ward 2, and I'm here to speak against the resolution authorizing the bid of purchasing 34 zero turn 2022 gravel pro turn 260 mowers <coughs> these are gas mowers and according to the epa one gas lawn mower emits 89 pounds of co2 and 34 pounds of other pollutants per year according to a swedish study using a mower for one hour has the same carbon footprint as a 100 mile car trip besides producing greenhouse gases 
mowing lawns produces other types of pollution. The EPA estimates that hour for hour, gasoline-powered lawnmowers produce 11 times as much pollution as a new car. Gravelly Pro-Turn mower, mowers are, um, also provides electric zero-turn mowers, so they're electric. Yes, these are more expensive, but what is the cost of human health and the health of our air? Well, you may be contemplating a future purchase or lease of electric mowers. The time to do it is now. Speakers at the COP meeting in Glasgow say the next 10 years are the most important turning of the tide in global warming. Your lease is for three of those years. Your recently passed climate resolution stated that we are in a climate crisis. You have set goals to reduce carbon, but the contract that you are set to approve, because it is the lowest bid in dollars, but the highest in damage in our environment, show exactly what side you are on. Your resolution states city buildings will be next zero, yet the instruments that you will be using to care for these parks and maintenance of the land around the city buildings will be producing many pounds of CO2 and other pollutants. Instead of spending the 330000 on gas mowers, I provide you with a solution. Two, stop mowing much of the land the city takes care of and start planting native plants and trees and many food forests. Or because I know you're going to say that's going to take time, just purchase or lease the electric power equipment. And I think you can do this because if you keep the police funding at 32% of the budget, it will be able, you will be able to put money into the environment and a resolution that is important to you and is important to the city. So we, we want to see cleaner air and we want the city and our citizens want to see a good example of responsible government. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. All right, anyone else who wishes to be heard on agenda items? All right, seeing none, I'm going to close that public comment period. We'll move to approval of the minutes, and these are our minutes from October 26th. Can I get a motion? Support. Support. All right, moved and supported. Commissioners, any additional questions or comments? All right, all those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed, it carries. All right, next that will take us to petitions and communications. Oh, we don't have any tonight. I know. All right, well, that'll move us along to reports of city officers, and we have two items before us tonight. Uh, first one's a comptroller's report for the period of October 13, 2021 through October 26, 2021, in the amount of $22,709,738.46. And that is received and filed. And then a treasurer's report for the period of October 9, 2021 through October 25, 2021. And that is received and filed. Um, so, commissioners, before getting to our consent agenda, I would like to... Uh, Ask for a motion to remove from consent and send it back to CD to be considered for next week. The first item on community development committee, so that would be the first resolution confirming the special assessment nuisance rule. So can I get a motion for that? Yeah, I'd like to move that, but I, I also want to pull the item that the public comment was on. I think it was in fiscal, but I'm not sure yeah, it's, it's in because it's under the, the bid list. Yeah, it's in fiscal on the bid list, which we approved this morning. Yeah, so which is that item? Item number six, the, the bid list. Yeah, can we also pull, I just want to pull that one for discussion. Yeah, so let's let's do the first one and then, because um, I'll need a motion for that to remove that and to send it back to CD and then um, I'll ask for approval to, to pull the resolution for the bid list. Thank you. Okay, so can I get, uh, 
a motion to remove from consent and send back to CD for next week. So that'd be November 16th, I believe. So right? Support. Support. And supported. All right. Uh, all those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed, it carries. All right, so that's going to be removed from consent and will be sent back to community development to be considered next week. Um, and then, uh, commissioners, is there support to pull the resolution uh, authorizing the bid list? So moved. Support. Support. All right, moved and supported. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Okay, so that will be pulled. So let's go to the consent agenda and then we will uh, talk about the bid list after. So, any additional uh, questions? Oh. Can I get a motion for the consent agenda? Moved. Support. Support. All right, moved and supported. Uh, commissioners, any questions or comments? All right, all those in favor of the consent agenda say aye. Aye. Those opposed? It carries. All right, so then uh, <coughs> removed from consent is the item under fiscal, fiscal number six, the resolution authorizing the bid list for November 9th. Can I get a motion? Moved. Support. All right, moved and supported. Uh, Commissioner O'Connor? Uh, Chair of our fiscal, you want to tell us about this? And then I don't know if there's staff who may be here to answer any questions. Uh, yes, Madam Mayor, just, uh, it, you know, we have a typical bid process where we put out to uh, out to bid for uh, services. Uh, this is a, uh, a recommended 36-month uh, lease for 34 60-inch zero-turn Gravely Pro mowers uh, for a total cost of the contract of $330,000. Uh, there were five uh, responses received. Uh, the award was based on a low bid that met the requirements. Um, there was a regional bid discount for the company uh, as they're located, I believe, in the city of Wyoming. Okay, great. And uh, for those of us who weren't a part of the bid list conversation, um, was there, were there bids for electric vehicles? Uh, not to my knowledge. Um, give me one moment here. I gotta try to pull that. Um, item back up I don't believe that there were bids but again I think the uh, we didn't we didn't have an in-depth discussion about this but I'm sure that the uh, the bid requirements would have had to, to stipulate that there would uh, we would need to be uh, pursuing a contract for uh, electric mowers uh, you know I believe there are now options for electric zero turn mowers but they are uh, you know it, it's, a, it, it's a newer technology in that space and so um, and I, I hate to speculate what the uh, the needs are of the public services department and why they they did not select to try to obtain electric mowers but uh, i do know that uh, you know gravely mowers uh, do, do make them i have looked them up myself um so one of the go ahead order mayor and as the person who wanted to pull the item i just i guess my question is really for the city manager and <clears throat> i think the the public comment that was made you know really is pertinent to our work and I think what we've been trying to do regularly is tying our decisions to other decisions that we make. So I'm curious to know because we have a goal now, well we've had one but now we've been talking about it more recently and with the recent resolution, what practices are we putting in place so that we can reach the <coughs> carbon um, zero um, goal that we have with, so as we're making purchases like this, and others, are we, do we have something in place to try and make sure we're requesting items that would help us to reach that goal? Because I think that's essentially what yeah. was before us. And, the, yeah, that, and that's, that's a, a good question. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, uh, Commissioner. I think our, our focus has been on the electrification of our motorized fleet. So that's been the priority of the vehicles. So the non-motorized equipment like um, for lack of a better term, like the, the mowers or the golf carts, for example, another opportunity. 
Uh, I think those are things that we should continue to evaluate, but the priority has been on electrifying uh, the vehicles that uh, uh, consume more fuel and travel, uh, um, more, consume more fuel and utilize more roadway miles than some of the, the uh, minor equipment. And just, I mean, I know we're leasing these uh, based on the, the bid, uh, but uh, just a quick, uh, quick research here indicates that a electric uh, zero turn mower from the same company as the gasoline ones we're purchasing, the gasoline ones are approximately $7,000 and the uh, electric ones are about $32,000 a piece. $32,000? Yes. Compared to seven? Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, clearly there's operating costs and things that have to be factored into that, but that's just a ballpark of what a, if they were to be purchased, what the, what the different, you know, what the delta is between you know a seven thousand dollar mower and a you know, thirty-two thousand dollar mower. Yeah, and I think the other question becomes the life expectancy and the other expenses associated with um, gassing the mowers versus perhaps using some of the mm -hmm. um, electricity that we're able to obtain from our own solar power and things of that nature. So, I, you know, as you're comparing those costs, those, those right. are the other ways. And I, and at some point. It is what it is. If you have a goal to get to zero um, carbon um, blueprint, then that's the only the way to do that is by you know moving things to electric sources. And so, so I I, I think it's good to know that they are for lease. And I think um, city manager, I guess the question that I would have is, you know, what can we do as a body? And maybe it's something that we can discuss tomorrow in in more detail. What can we do as a body to institute practices through our bidding and other you know ways of of doing our work um, as a government to make the impact that we're saying that we want to see and yeah. i think is it the onus is on all of us to try and see you know when something is coming before us you we need to start asking that question how is this going to help us to obtain and reach the goal that yeah. we've set out before us mayor if i could i i think you we want to identify all the opportunities to uh, elect, ele electrify a fleet or use alternative fuels. And I think we had in one of our procurement items last week, um, several of our fleet items that were using alternative fuels. Um, what we, again, what we've been focusing on is the, uh, are the items that have the largest emissions and prioritizing that. Uh, but certainly we can evaluate uh, the return on investment <clears throat> on any gas, uh, any um, 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 type of purchase that consumes the gas and see what the return on investment is versus the cost. Yeah. But, but um, we will be discussing uh, some of our climate, uh, con climate reduction, uh, carbon reduction um, uh, strategies tomorrow during the retreat. That'll be great. And I think that's a good strategy because it'll be hard to convert existing items, but as we're making new purchases, that's a really good way um, of, of addressing the high volume as well as new purchases. Thank you. Yeah, yeah those are those are all really good questions. And my, my uh, assumption, although I could be wrong, I know typically the procurement process takes several months. Mm -hmm. So it's likely that this process was started before the resolution that we passed. Um, not that that's uh, the only thing that should be considered with this, but um, I think it's good timing to have that conversation as part of our workshop tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, good, good, very good points. Appreciate uh, this being brought to our attention. I don't know if she's still here or not. Uh, 
Commissioners, any other questions or comments? <coughs> All right. Uh, I'll call for the motion then to approve the bid list. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? It carries. All right, Commissioners, that will take us to our public, our scheduled public hearing. Um, so this is a public hearing uh, on an application filed by Utz Quality Foods, LLC, for the transfer of an industrial facilities exemption certificate originally issued to Great Lakes Festita Holdings, LLC, for a project located at 219 Canton Street Southwest. So um, the purpose of this hearing is to consider this approval. Uh, and all of the notices for this hearing have been, have been made in writing pursuant to state law. So we'll start uh, this with our economic development director, Mr. Gracia. And then, uh, Mr. Gracia, do we have somebody here? Is Dave, Dave we here? We do. Okay. Yes, Dave is here, yes. Okay. Uh, and then we'll turn it to Dave, see if there's any questions, and we'll open it up for anyone who wishes to speak on this industrial exemption certificate. Go ahead. Good evening, Commissioners. So, so tonight is the um, public hearing to transfer this industrial facilities exemption certificate to, uh, from Great Lakes Facita Holdings to Butts Foods, uh, which is located at two, 219 Canton Street Southwest. So back in October of 2011, the original um, uh, exemption certificate was approved and filed by Great Lakes Facita Holdings. And they have met all their commitments, including their investments in job uh, commitments related to that project and have exceeded it in some ways. And so um, recently, uh, Festita Real Estate Holdings, which is a subsidiary of Utz Foods, purchased the real estate and, qual and Utz Quality Foods purchased the equipment. So this is simply just transferring, again, the existing uh, exemption that um, for this both real and personal property is set to expire on December 2023. So uh, we do have a representative from Utz Foods here um, to give a little more background on the on the business and answer any other questions. Great. Thanks. <coughs> Hello, welcome. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, first of all, thank you for, to the commission for your time and consideration for the uh, request for transfer. Um, a little background on Utz is a privately owned company established in 1921. Uh, very long-time family-owned company uh, recently gone public in, in 2020 and are now traded on the New York Stock Exchange. Um, some of the more popular brands uh, is the uh, Cheddar Cheese Balls, Zaps Potato Chips, uh, the Boulder Canyon, TGI Fridays and Good Health Veggie Chips and Straws. Um, Festita has been a co-packer for on-the-border brand tortilla chips uh, for the past 18 years. Um, so it was really a natural opportunity after Utz purchased uh, on-the-border brands for them to look at, uh, at the purchase of on-the-border, or I'm sorry, of, of Festita Foods uh, as the largest co-packer of on-the-border tortilla chips uh, out of 13 co-packers across the nation. Um, so far, uh, Utz has been very happy with the production staff at Festita um, and don't plan any significant changes, including, uh, <clears throat> uh, including the production of Utz brand on the border uh, tortilla chips, as well as continuing to service other uh, existing customers as a contract manufacturer. Um, the acquisition is a long-term investment for Utz and we'll evaluate opportunities for expansion in Grand Rapids, but are very pleased with, with Festita thus far. Um, that's all I have, thank you. 
All right, thank you. Let me see if my colleagues have any questions. I'll say um, thanks for being here tonight. I had a tour and spent some time uh, with a number of folks at Festita a few years ago, and I'm just really glad to have that company here in our city. So, thank you very much. Thanks. Uh, commissioners, any questions? All right. Uh, you're welcome to take a seat. We'll see if anyone wishes to be heard on this item. Thank you, ma'am. Okay. All right, so if you are here specifically to be heard on this item related to an industrial facilities exemption certificate, um, you're welcome to come forward and share your thoughts. All right, seeing none, we'll go ahead and close that public hearing, and that will be referred back to our Committee of the Whole for consideration. Thank you. All right, that will take us to our last opportunity for public comment tonight. This is public comment on any other items. Again, we ask that you share your name, the city that you live in. You'll be given up to three minutes to speak. We ask that you write your name over there on the clipboard. And again, we ask that you be respectful of the uh, expectations for this space to make sure that regardless of how people feel or the opinion that they wish to share, um, that they feel comfortable doing it in this space. How you doing, everybody? My name is DeAndre Jones, a member of oh, part of the city of Grand Rapids. Um, I want to first of all thank Mayor Bliss for actually uh, supporting two house bills that supports renewable energy. Um, for people that actually don't know about it, uh, this house bill that she actually supported will actually create 18,000 jobs here in the uh, state of Michigan. Now, that are, those are green jobs, and it also will actually give $1.4 billion to the Michigan economy over the years. I'm really big on renewable energy, and I was actually doing some research, uh, and I happened to get an email from Sierra Club. And so I actually read things that comes to my email, and I actually seen that. So I did want to commend you on that, Mayor Bliss, because that is really important to sustainability and reaching that carbon emission goal. And so um, then second of all, I want to talk about my book. The only reason that I actually did mention my book, which I do have it here, I don't want to feel like I'm promoting it, but I actually talked about the Safe Pitch Task Force about that because uh, I mean, this is where I actually started. Uh, I started as a member of Steepletown Neighborhood Services, uh, doing some lawnmowing, doing some yard work, uh, shoveling uh, driveways for older people that really can't do that work. And so I definitely believe we should go to renewable energy away, even though it's more cost effective, but I do feel like it will have an important uh, part of uh, reducing carbon emissions. And so I do uh, hope that the city does uh, purchase uh, electric um, equipment for lawnmowing and things like that. So uh, me talking about the book, uh, like I said, I was first started as a member of Steepletown Neighborhood Services and then I started pitching uh, at the Safe Pitch Task Force and that's what gave me my start. And so uh, just for not just for me, but uh, as Ms. Lanier uh, said, um, people that go in that Safe Pitch Task Force, I mean, even if I personally can't, you know, do my community project and I'm not asking anybody, 
Uh, like I've always said, if you guys didn't like my project and what I was trying to bring to the city of Grand Rapids, I wouldn't look at you in any different way if you didn't like what I was trying to bring to the city of Grand Rapids and wouldn't approve my project. I wouldn't have a problem with that just because I, I, can, uh, I know business isn't personal. And, and if you guys didn't personally like what I was trying to bring, I personally wouldn't have any other problem. I would still treat you the same. And so I just ask that for the safe pitch task force for people that do have projects and want to probably build something on it, like I have a vision. A global vision. I gave a, a global presentation at a global business summit. And so, I mean, I know I'm one person, but I do have a vision, a global vision, and I've actually uh, given speeches. And so, I mean, anybody else that wants to develop a community center or anything else, I just ask that when you guys offer these opportunities that you guys consider people to go to that next step to, you know, bring their vision to fruition. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All these wish to be heard. Hello, my name is Allie and I'm the president of Justice for Black Lives as well as a lifelong Grand Rapids resident. I'm here to I'm here once again to demand the city votes to defund GRPD as well as that you hold the officers of the GRPD accountable for their violence towards BIPOC community members. At the previous meeting, my organization's social media and marketing director spoke on the fact that you, Mark Washington, and Anita Hitch Hitchcock both play a hand in misdemeanor charges that go through the city. It was also stated that you have the ability to drop charges against peaceful protesters. I find this information interesting for a couple of reasons. A couple of reasons. One being that you, Mark Washington, said yourself back in July that you have been convicted of a crime for protesting. Now, if that is true, it makes it increasingly disturbing that you as a black man are willing to put a new generation of peaceful protesters through the same trauma of being charged for a crime while practicing the First Amendment rights. It's also interesting, given the fact that you, Anita Hitchcock, was said yourself that it's not anyone's place to speak on these charges being dropped, but it's, it's your place. You are the city attorney. Lastly, I noticed at the last meeting that you, comment, you guys commented on almost everything else but the fact that you have a say in these charges. So what I want to know is if that is true, and if so, why are you willing to waste time and resources on regular people who just want the best for their community rather than just doing what we've been asking for for all this time? Because in what world is it okay for a cop who literally murdered someone to file charges against a peaceful protester? Why does he still have his job in the first place? You both sat there and did not comment on anything, anything my organization's media director had to say. And I'm really curious if it's because you filed a charge against me that same day. Was it a guilty conscience or are you just letting your silence speak for itself? These are actual questions that I'm looking for answers for. Anyways, I hope the contents of my speech is something that you don't just skip over when it's your time to speak, because like I said, I would like some answers, please. I also want to remind you all that it is getting very cold outside, and our unhoused community members are going to be freezing. We need something. We need some type of program, an actual program, aside from the hot team and the police department sweeping these homeless encampments because they're not going anywhere. They're just going to go in different places and they're going to be more displaced. I'm begging you to not only drop the charge against all peaceful protesters, but help our unhoused community members make these meetings more accessible for all people to be able to place comment and defund GRPD, hold these officers accountable. Black Lives Matter. Thank you.
right, all those wish to be heard. Good evening, Mayor. Welcome. Commissioners, my name is Teresa Phillips and I live in the third ward. I figured tonight was the night to put a face to the people that cannot make it down here. We appreciate the fact that you have given us handicapped parking, but from the handicapped parking to that door over there, it is 280 steps that someone has to make. And I have rheumatoid arthritis and I have osteoarthritis, but I come down here because my neighbors who can't come, I come for them. And we're asking that you reinstate the public comments that we can make over the phones, over internet, whichever way you wanna do it, because it is hard for a lot of people to get down here. And 280 steps is a lot of steps to make when you can't even run, you know. I just ask you to think about it and, and do what your heart tells you to do. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Phillips. Others wish to be heard? I'm Chelsea and I'm the marketing director with JFBL. I read an article and it stated in May, you all approved that 546 million budget and there was a $700,000 increase to GRPD. Even though we have been protesting and telling all of you for over a year to defund GRPD and reallocate those funds to areas that really need them such as our unhoused communities, public education and so much more. Also in that article I read, all of you said that those extra funds will go towards helping GRPD get more training and having officers be assigned to neighborhoods to better connect with residents. My question is, where is that training? And where is, and where is the better connecting with residents? Because all I've seen is newer police cars, new gear for your bike cops, and the constant brutalization and harassment of my friends and comrades. Mark Washington, you also said last week at the last meeting that permits are free. Well, then why is Johnny facing so many charges for those supposedly free permits? Why do we even need a permit to practice our first, first amendment right in the first place? I also read that, that, 20 mil, that 20 million of that budget is supposed to go into housing. Where's the housing? All there is is long wait lists for affordable housing and more people out on the streets. The city has tons of vacant buildings that you can easily house, if not all, but most of our unhoused community, but none of you have even thought to do that. So where's, that all, where's all that funding really going to? I'm pissed, I'm angry, and I'm feeling so many different emotions all at once. Elections are coming up next year for a few of you, such as Max, Joseph, Kurt, and Sunita. And like I said at the last meeting, I will eat, sleep, and breathe that election to make sure all of you are voted out. And I definitely cannot wait for two, 2024 to come so I can happily vote out the rest of you as well. Drop all charges against peaceful processors, Black Lives Matter, and fuck 12. Okay, I'm gonna stop you and uh, stop anyone else who curses. I think it's very clear that we ask you not to use swearing or curse language. Uh, whether there are children and young people here in the room or watching, we ask that you at least respect the space to make sure that people feel comfortable. Hi, welcome. Hello. Uh, 
I am here tonight. I actually came for something else, and uh, Anita Hitchcock, she cleared that up for me. Thank you very much. Very polite, and I appreciate all of you. For all of the comments that I've heard so far, I watch you online, and I just hear your passionate pleas here in the audience, you know, Black Lives Matter, and those of you that are in the inner city. And I also uh, hear what you are saying, uh, the people that run the city. Um, I do not support defunding the police. I do not. I think that um, it is a very sticky situation that we are all in. And taking away the resources from either side is just not the way to go. That's just not, the, not for me. I think that more resources for both sides. I agree with you that there is so much more that could be done to help people that don't have. They have plenty of vacant buildings, and they need to stop all of the politicking and all the money-making and do what they order. need to do Can to I, help. Excuse me. Yeah. Point of order, Mayor. Sure. I, I just want to make sure to go back to our standing rules that we do ask that those who are speaking direct the comments to the commission, and I just yes. want to make sure we... You know, because we're not trying to have a conversation. We're here to hear yes. you present to okay. us. So. All you. I want to say you. is that I do know I had a chance to spend a little time with Nate Daniel Moody. And um, it was over a housing situation. And the little bit of time when I had a chance to meet him, I found him to be a very sincere individual. And I'm very pleased to see that we have our third ward commissioner, Nathaniel Moody. And I've never met Sunita Lanier. But she did send us a letter letting us know that she heard our complaint and she did receive our package. And I appreciate you very much for that because I believe that we have very sincere people that are uh, sitting on this roster. And um, I do appreciate you. And I do appreciate our police and I also appreciate everybody that is passionate about our city. And together we can work this out. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Others who wish to be heard? My name is Kirk. I live on stolen Anishinaabe land in the third ward of so-called Grand Rapids. Uh, firstly, I wanted to demand that we make um, Grand Rapids carbon neutral by 2030. I also want to, again, reiterate um, that these meetings need to be made accessible. They were previously accessible to the community members. People were able to call in. COVID numbers are rising. Again, why is this not an option? Why do you want to keep people out of these meetings? Why are you silencing your community by not making sure that everyone has the ability to speak? I also want to demand that you defund Grand Rapids Police Department to the mandatory 32%. Since you all are so big on order, it seems simple to follow in the order that you had already put into place. Instead, the police budget was increased. And we know that those funds are not going to help the community because the police are not helping the community. The police are terrorizing and harassing black and brown members of the community. And especially since all of you um, consider racism to be a public health crisis. There is still no action I see from the members of this council or whatever, whatever this is called. 
I also want to demand that you drop or that the city drops the charges against peaceful protesters and um, make sure that every person who is facing charges for peacefully protesting has those charges dropped. See, it's so hard to stand up here. I'm trying to say things that are important to you all. <laughs> and you're looking away because you don't care. I know I'm saying the same thing every week because you're not listening to us every week. What am I supposed to do? Why don't you care? Why don't you care about the members of this city? Why don't you care about my neighbors who are being brutalized by police? Instead, you know, you say you want to make this space more comfortable, chastise the way we're speaking. This is not a comfortable space. It's not comfortable to stand in front of a wall of privilege and demand for justice when you see none day after day. You are reproducing the injustice of this city by your inaction, and you should all be ashamed of yourself. Fuck twice. My name's Gus. I'm here to demand that GRPD be defunded down to 32%. I'm here to demand that they pay for their own liability insurance coming out of their pockets, not the taxpayers. I'm here to demand that all charges against the peaceful protesters be dropped. Every other week, we and others come here to demand that changes be made for our city's betterment. And every other week, we come and read the agendas and see that nothing is being done. Or at the very most, we see that you all are voting on the possibility about thinking, about maybe considering the idea of possibly doing something. No action, just meaningless words. With climate change, the latest approximate is 11 years. We have 11 years to have made extreme change in order to slow climate change. Not stop at this point slow, because it's going to come. There's no stopping it. We don't have a future, and that's really upsetting. So if you are all going to sit up here and blather on about golf carts and lawn mowers for 10 minutes, then your goal needs to not be carbon neutral by 2030, but carbon negative. It's more than doable, especially if we take some of the funds from GRPD and invest it further into renewable energy sources. So many other cities across the world have defunded their police. And I said this last meeting, I'll say it again. Those cities are happier, healthier, wealthier, and safer. A couple years ago, almost the entirety of Michigan was essentially shut down by a polar vortex. It was in 2018. I don't know if you guys remember this. It was below zero and had dropped over a foot of snow, and it just kept coming. My power was out for four days. I live out in the country. There's no resources. The plow hadn't come for a while. There was no getting out. My parents and I had to get our cats and vacate our home because it was too cold and we would have died if we stayed. Luckily, we had people who were able to take us in until the power came back on, but there are countless other people who are not lucky, who don't even have a home to begin with. Our current infrastructure cannot support catastrophes like that, and they will only continue to get worse, and people will die unless you guys do something extreme, and now. Defund GRPD, Black Lives Matter. All right, others wish to be heard.
My name is Donnie and I'm the Vice President for Justice for Black Lives. I'm a local activist and freedom fighter, whatever you would like to call it. My job and duty is to serve the people and to make sure that the people have what they have and, would, and get what they need slash what this city owes them. New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Seattle, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Baltimore, the list goes on. Why am, I, why am I saying these names of these cities? These are a list of the cities that successfully defunded their, their police departments and actually, hap, actually are success with it. You can see by their communities. You can see by the numbers of the, of the crime rates. You can also see it. It's facts. It's there. All you have to do is Google it. I'm also here to stand and take a stand for our unhoused community. You guys have failed our unhoused community once again. It's cold. It's already cold. If you don't have a solution by the time that it is cold, you failed. You're too late. The encampments are getting sweeped by police officers that are, are throwing away all of their belongings. Why? For what purpose? Because they don't wish to be seen in the nice capitalism that's happening downtown? That's inhumane. We have thousands of unhoused, of, uh, un thousands, and the number is growing in our unhoused population in this community. But yet, we like to set limits of how much we can spend on our unhoused community, like not exceeding $330,000. But yet, we can spend $56.4 million on Grand Rapids Police Department to arm themselves against uh, peaceful police or peaceful protesters. Tell me why we spend more money on arming GRPD than we do on our education, on affordable insurance, on affordable housing, equal in affordable housing. Tell me why we spend more money on anti-homeless structures than we do on our unhoused community. Because this is ran like a business because this man, Mark Washington, can stand up and go into the crowd and, and, and have a conversation with a gentleman over here and disregard what we're saying up here because this man was deemed awarded businessman of the year because he runs this like a business. We are not a business. We are not a business. And yes, you will sit there and you will have to listen to me day in, week after week after week because you are a public employee, a public servant, all of you. Serve the public, do your job, or you're going to have to listen to us. Black Lives Matter. All right, others wish to be heard? Hi, I'm Lou, I'm from the Third Ward. Um, in some ways, we can see where GR claims to be progressive. Um, we see that with the pledge to decriminalize nature um, and their campaign, and we see it um, in some of the other oaths and things that you have taken over the past several months. However, um, something I, would want, I wanted to speak to you about is restorative justice and how that could be used in our community. Um, restorative justice is a look at solving problems within the community in a way that benefits all. Um, and it is a victim first um, 
structure. It's different than retributive justice, which is currently how we run things um, with how you're charging protesters who are using their First Amendment right. Um, the protesters that have been arrested, um, they're all facing charges that are very blown out of proportion, especially with some of those felony charges that are currently being held out on. Um, so restorative justice, the key components, um, the stakeholders within it are the victims, the community, and then the offender. So if we look at a case when it is someone being um, reprimanded for a noise, noise ordinance, who's the victim in that case? Are people calling into GRPD and saying, like, these people are too loud, expressing their passions? Has that happened? Because typically, no one's coming out of their business. No one on the street is um, telling us to leave. It's typically GRPD that comes down and forces us to leave without any previous engagement from anyone else. Um, so I'm asking who the victim is. Um, the next thing that we look at is what the community wants and what the community believes is justice. And in this Instant for instance, for our peaceful protesters, the community has been demanding that justice for this is dropping the charges. That's what we come in here um, every other week and tell you is that we want our community members' charges to be dropped. Um, how has peaceful protesting affected the community? Negatively, I'm not sure. None of the times when we're out there are we disturbing people's everyday life, nor are we vandalizing, doing any type of property crime. Um, so I'm not sure how this is negatively affecting the community. And when it comes to taking the offender into consideration, what really have they done wrong? Because we have to remember that laws are a social construct, so you are slapping these things on um, community members um, as an industry, as a way to keep us out, as a way to defer us. So I'm going to ask you to look and take some community or restorative justice principles into what you're doing. Um, and foremost, drop the charges. Um, these are not charges that are just good. They don't make sense. Thank you. Thank you. All right, others wish to be heard? My name is Marlo and I live in the third ward. In elementary school, we were all taught that we are so lucky that our founding fathers fought for all of our freedoms, including our freedom of assembly and our freedom of speech. But when too many black people assemble to speak on the oppression that they face, their voices are silenced. Every time I've expressed my dissent towards this nation, I've been told that what makes America so great is that I have the freedom to say that it's not. But that freedom of speech is only real for certain people saying certain things. Five Grand Rapids activists are facing felony and misdemeanor charges for speaking out about racism in our city. They are speaking on the same issues that this commission claims to care about. You declared racism as a public health crisis. All we have asked is that you put your money where your mouth is. Activists are not dangerous. We are advocating for the citizens of Grand Rapids that this commission neglects. Police are the dangerous ones. They brutalize peaceful protesters. They racially profile our citizens and their excessive force goes unchecked. 
Instead of funding resources for the southeast side, this city gives millions to a violent police force that turns around and brutalizes community members. We demand that you drop the charges against Grand Rapids activists. We demand that you divest from the police department and invest in our communities. And we demand that you hold GRPD accountable for their violence. Black Lives Matter, thank you. Thank you. All right, others wish to be heard? Hi, welcome. I'm Casey Thompson, and I live in the third ward. Aurora, this is my daughter, Aurora. She's seven. Can you say your name? My name is Aurora, and I'm seven. Okay, why don't you tell all these people here who are supposed to be here to help us why we come to these city meetings? What, what do we talk about here? We talk about what we need and and how we think you can help and make the city better. Right. So where does the city's money go? The city's money goes to the police. What do the police do with it? The police buy guns and shields and shields that go on guns and police cars and um, police bikes. You're right. They even spend the money on drones and helicopters. So your teacher has to buy your school supplies. Can you tell them where you think it might be a better idea to put the city's money? I think it would be a better place to put the city's money in the schools and hospitals and mental care and rehab and give it to the unhoused to buy food and buying tents for them, buying water. I think you're right. Have you ever been to a protest? Yes. Tell them if you were afraid of JFBL or any of the people at the protest. No. Did you ever feel scared? No. What about the police? Have you ever seen them? Yes. Tell them what you saw when you saw the police. I saw a black man holding a sign saying, I can't breathe, and a police officer arrested him. That's right. Did they hurt anyone? Yes. Do you think that's a good use of our money? No. Do you want to tell them some chants or some things that you do? You remember when you led the children's march and you did some chants? What about, I'll say, some, I'll say the first part and you say the second part, okay? Um, let me think. No bad protesters in a revolution. No good cops in a racist system. Say her name. Brianna Taylor. Whose streets? Our street. Can you think of another one? Um, How about on the count of three we say no, black light? Oh. Liar, liar, colonizer, fire, fire, gentrifier. That's right. Say defund the police. Defund the police. Thank you. All right, others wish to be heard? Hello, um, my name is Desiree Mitchell-Garcia, resident of Grand Rapids, 
And I just wanted to bring to the attention of the commissioners and to the city manager the housing crisis. And so I think it should be brought to everyone's attention that the city of Grand Rapids is oversaturated in rent, in private rental properties that are completely unregulated. And I think that's a huge issue. And I know there are some state laws that prevent rental cap currently. However, that doesn't mean that we can't incentivize somehow with these funds a way to get these landlords or these people owning these properties to reduce rent. I mean, there's just got to be another way. There's too many people that are homeless. There's too many people that can't afford to live. And it's very unfortunate, and there's ways to do it. But we just need to get serious and get smart and get strategic. It's not impossible. It's not out of the realm. And I really think that a lot more people should think more seriously and creatively about it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, others wish to be heard? Hi, my name is Jacob Rodriguez, and I live in Grand Rapids and in the third ward. I'd like to talk about a couple of things today. First, thanks for having these meetings and continuing to have them live streamed and recorded. The accessibility is helpful to me and many others. These meetings continue to happen, and while it does seem like very few community input initiatives are being done, this could be due to the nature of government and how long it takes to get things done bureaucratically, and it's not necessarily your fault. Now, I do not necessarily agree with all the community initiatives proposed by some members of this community, but it does seem that those initiatives that are presented best are usually the ones that are done. And you all continue to have patience with everything that goes on in these meetings, which I do like. Don't think that those commission members who have demonstrated a desire to meet with individuals outside of this allotted time and outside of the rigid, rigid guidelines of the commission has gone unnoticed. I just want to acknowledge some of the things I've seen really quickly. Mayor Bliss, I don't think you're doing a bad job. Especially as bad a job as some people say. It's been a really long five years and some people just need someone to hate. I like that the commission allows everyone to talk, but I do think that some of the racist things being said should stop and should stop being directed at persons or groups, particularly by one party. The other, I think, could talk with a bit more decorum, seeing as this is a Grand Rapids City Commission meeting, and I think we all want to get stuff done, especially if we take pride in our city. But they have a right to present their point in almost any way, so for me, I guess it's whatever right now. Anyways, I want to talk about civic duty and the organization that is the Grand Rapids Public Schools. The Grand Rapids Public Schools Board of Education held a public meeting yesterday at 5.30 p.m., getting feedback on what the public thought about their strategic plan framework for the upcoming years and how they will engage the community as a major driver for this plan. This could really impact your kids, their kids, and future generations to come. This is a real issue and an issue that we could actually do something about. Yes, campaigning for your individual causes is good, but if we have a chance to actually make schools in our area better, children's lives in our area better, their futures brighter, why aren't we doing that? It's not about equal outcomes, it's about equal opportunity, which many kids at Grand Rapids Public Schools, I feel, don't have right now. That's tangible, and that's right now. If you really care about something, why not care about our kids? If that's what everything really boils down to, and it is, this is where it starts. Their education is where it starts. I don't know how many people knew about this meeting, and that's on Grand Rapids Public Schools. And that's something that needs to change. I don't know how many people cared about it, and that's on those people. But now we can show up and actually do something about this one. They will be having more meetings sometime mid-January, and I think more people should know about it, and more people should show up about it. They say they want to have a more participatory and community-led movement to create the plan and change the schools for the better. Let's make them do something they say for once, 
and to hold the Grand Rapids Public Schools accountable by showing up. Let's make them put our ideas to work. Let's do it for the kids. Thank you. Thank you. All right, others wish to be heard. Hi, welcome. Hello. <clears throat> My name is Cindy Hicks, and I've been a resident here for 30 years, mostly on the south side in the middle of it. I'm also a realtor for 20 years. And in that time, I've witnessed enough trauma by the GRPD to keep me awake at night for the rest of my life. <laughs> and as many of you have known, my husband was assaulted by the GRPD, and that was six years ago, and then he was deported. I did receive a, an apology from the chief for anyone that doubts that it was legitimate, and then I was just exaggerating. <laughs> And what bothers me the most is that most people never get an apology. And each one of you have received a phone call from me within the last year. Very few of you have returned them. And it's disturbing to me because in 1999, many of you know, Reverend David May. I'm not here to um, speak on his behalf, but he founded the Racial Justice Institute, and I was also his executive assistant. Within that year, the organization grew from 500 members to 5,000. That is the power of organizing and networking. It has taken me some time to bounce back from having my husband assaulted in front of my child, in front of both my children and myself. It does physical damage and trauma to you. So I have to tell you I'm pretty disturbed that the appeals board on the planning commission approved a liquor license at the old club Tequila. Okay, and the police department was not consulted. This is openly, Admitted, that liquor license was approved in 20 minutes. And if you think that's gonna lower police brutality, you gotta be kidding me. It's gonna increase it, and there's gonna be murders and shootings and bullet holes in the back of my house again. As neighbors and residents, we worked hard to close the opportunity of ever having a liquor license there. I'm, I'm just ultimately disgusted. Half of the residents never even received a notice that looked like this. Okay. I, I just can't understand why a place that was given 500 phone calls to 911 since the time of its inception would even be considered to have an operational liquor license by a third party. Thank but you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. We'll, we'll look into that. I would that. like phone calls, we'll please, and my emails return. Thank you. Thanks. Black thank Lives you. Matter, too. Thank you. Others who wish to be heard? Hello, my name is Andra. I'm from Grand Rapids. So the last meeting, I suggested that we form a committee amongst a couple commissioners and a couple leaders from JFBL. And what I meant by that was an actual uh, consistent uh, scheduled like monthly meeting 
where we could sit down and have open dialogue in a safe, quiet, and welcoming place. So not in this room and not, hey, if you happen to catch me a couple minutes early, I'm willing to have a discussion. Um, I appreciate your efforts, Commissioner Lanier, um, but the idea behind uh, having a meeting is not just to ensure that our voices are heard, but to ensure transparency and accountability from our city officials. We deserve to know what you're working on, and we deserve progress reports, not just broken promises. Speaking of accountability, when are we going to have a discussion about making these officers carry their own liability insurance? I think it's a great idea. I think it is worthy of pursuing. We are not responsible for their misconduct, and we all know that GRPD cannot go more than a couple weeks without brutalizing someone. Defund GRPD down to the mandated 32.5%. Last year in July, Commissioner Asasi had drafted a budget amendment to move forward with the process of defunding. But when she was about to move forward at the meeting with support of a few of her colleagues, the city attorney, Hitchcock, abruptly halted it, stating that she had received legal opinion from outside sources that the public could not raise a budget amendment without the support of city manager Mark Washington. It sounds like he's the problem. Too bad he's appointed, but for all of you elected officials, we will vote you out. And maybe if we get a mayor who has an actual backbone, who isn't afraid of being bullied, we can work on getting Mark Washington out as well. Commissioner Lanier, last year you said that um, if we do not uh, set forward a path to have a discussion um, addressing what the public is asked for, how will we reconcile 6,000 forms of communication in support of defunding the police? I'm here to tell you there is no or there is no reconciliation. Thank you. Thank you. Your time's up. Thanks. Thank you. Others wish to be heard? Thank you. Others wish to be heard? Hi, welcome. Hello, I'm Matt. Uh, I live in the third ward. Uh, I don't have three minutes here, but uh, I just wanted to say that uh, I, I see, I, I hear you guys online a lot. I, uh, and I know running a city is really a difficult job. Um, I just think that uh, uh, we need to distribute the decision-making process. Uh, I think there needs to be more citizen involvement in that. Uh, we need to have a, a better, a good public forum that everyone can speak their minds on and uh, discuss different topics that we need to do with the city and uh, have more decision-making potential at the citizen level of uh, the city. And that's all I had to say. Thank you. Thank you. Others wish to be heard? Hi. I'm, hi. I'm Mark. I'm from Grand Rapids. 
what in the world is going on with Rose Park Circle? You had these so-called renovations, and it was supposed to be done by Labor Day. This is November 9th, and all I see is a glob of, is globs of dirt. Like, no one has done nothing. I don't want to hear, well, I don't hear nothing about some pandemic. They can do the, the outside Van Allen Arena, which quite frankly is wrongly built as far as I'm concerned, during the whole pandemic and get that done. They can get that, and they can get that the circle done. It should have been done two months ago. And it's still nothing, nothing going on. It's still got the, the big fence around it. Oh, with all with all that crap surrounding the fence for nobody not to peek in. I don't know, I don't know who the bozos are who, who who you contracted to do this. But they need to get off their butts and finish the job before the snow hits. If not, take their funding away. Period. Now as for the accessibility to City Hall, quite frankly, I'm just going to say it. This is a nice eyesore. City Hall needs to be moved. This building has been here since 1968. It's never been barrier free. And you can gussy it up, beautify it, beautify the outside all you want. And yet, it's still going to be an eyesore. You had the chance, they, the, the, I mean, a few years ago, a guy named Jack Buchanan wanted to buy this property and put up a hotel in it, and the city commission told him no. Now we're stuck where we're at right now. No barrier-free access. No way to get handicapped, handicapped individuals who would like to come here and speak live. And like Mrs. Phillips said, 280 steps or so forth, just get up here, it's ridiculous. City Hall needs to be moved. And if not, something has, is, 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 is gonna be wrong about it. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Right, others wish to be heard? Hello, my name is Emily Oxford. I am a resident of the second ward. And um, I guess I would first like to say that the city commission should allow for remote comments over the phone for very obvious accessibility reasons as have been brought up in this meeting. The reason that various commissioners had given for why we continue to enforce an in-person comments only rule was that people are able to communicate with city commissioners in multiple channels regardless of whether or not they attend the commission meetings in person. We've heard from people today who have reached out to commissioners and not received a response. And I also think the idea that someone would need to like do a separate process aside from public comment in order to interact with like this particular event is a little silly because one of the things that I value about coming here and speaking 
is that I have an opportunity to listen to what my fellow Grand Rapidians are saying. I like to write down notes and I like to think about what I'm going to say in regards to that and know that I won't just be heard by the commission, but by other members of the public who might be watching, by other people at the meeting. It's really a good way to exchange ideas and to deprive anyone of the ability to engage in that manner with these meetings is um, horribly ableist, especially in the middle of a pandemic when we really shouldn't be going into crowded indoor places in the first place. The second point I would like to bring up is um, that we need to continue to hold the police accountable. Uh, a friend at one point recommended that I read Letter from a Birmingham Jail by uh, Martin Luther King Jr. And this quote really stood out to me. So please let me know if it sounds familiar to you at all. Sometimes a law is just on its face and unjust in its application. Now there is nothing wrong in having an ordinance which requires a permit for a parade, but such an ordinance becomes unjust when it is used to maintain segregation and to deny citizens the First Amendment privilege of peaceful assembly and protest. Martin Luther King was arrested for having a parade without a permit. That was one of the many unjust things he was arrested for. I think in continuing to condone the GRPD unjustly enforcing the law against peaceful protesters is to just continue the same problems that Dr. King and others have noticed in regards to people exercising their First Amendment rights for decades. Like someone could have written this, like this could have been written by someone today and I would have no idea. And I think it is long past time that Grand Rapids revises the noise ordinance that keeps getting enforced to keep protesters getting arrested. Uh, it is long past time for cops to have their own accountability insurance, and it is long past time to revise uh, City Commission Policy 802 to allow third-party appeals for internal affairs investigations to increase public transparency. Thank you. Thank you. Others wish to be heard? Good evening. I am Chris Cameron. I'm with um, the Silent Observer Program, and I'm also a city of Grand Rapids resident. And I just wanted to tell you a little bit about what I see every day um, in tips that come in to Silent Observer. So many people say they are so scared to be in some of the neighborhoods that are, that are um, riddled with violence and they beg for more police patrol. They want the police there. They need the police there. And they, they talk about their children and how how um, scared they are for them and their families with all the gunshots and the violence that's occurring. But the common theme is they're begging for more police. So <laughs> I firmly believe that the police are wanted, they are needed in, in some of those violence-prone areas. And instead of talking about defunding, I'd rather hear a talk about upfunding the police. You know, we need more officers on the streets. We want better response times, and the only way we can do that is to have a full staff. So that, that's kind of what I wanted to share with you today. Um, Black Lives Matter and, and the people that live in, in some of the uh, violent-prone neighborhoods, their lives are extremely important. You know, I, I go to a lot of community events and, and always law enforcement is there. And they do such wonderful work and are such wonderful uh, contributors to these events. You know, they're, they're great with kids, they play games with them. I, 
I, I think they're, they're doing a wonderful job in our community, and I just want to commend Grandpa's Police Department for all they do. Thank you. Others wish to be heard? Uh, good evening, Commissioners. Ed Kettles, First Ward. Um, I watched the uh, program two weeks ago, um, and I'm here tonight. Uh, I think there's an old line about uh, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. And the rude, vile behavior I've seen, at least particularly two weeks ago, I don't know what is to be accomplished by that. I think it's a losing proposition. I, I don't disagree with some of the things these kids are saying, uh, and they're just, and I, I believe them. I, I can feel their emotion, but it's like we should have a civics lesson for a lot of people because your jobs, the city's scope is very limited. And while they want you to change laws and do these kind of things, you, you don't do that. And there's just, if we could just get out the balance of what's possible and what can happen and start there, I'd be glad to work with anybody to help them get through this thing. And, and you'd be more effective and go for the things that you actually can accomplish and while screaming at you guys is apparently cathartic for a lot of people, but it's not accomplishing anything. Um, if they were accomplishing anything, they wouldn't be here week after week telling you they're not accomplishing anything. So I, I hope that maybe uh, you guys can, I'm glad, always glad to help, no matter what, but I'd be glad to sit and talk with folks and maybe get them online with what can be done and then attack from that point of view and actually get something done. Um, but I think police are fine. I've, I've worked so closely with them. I understand the angst and I understand the pressures, but I've never seen a department mobilize so quickly and so sternly to try to make these changes. I know no, they won't believe this, but I've been on the inside and um, cultural change is hard and it takes time, uh, no matter what. And so they're doing it, doing the heavy lifting. You guys have been great leaders on this thing. Um, you know, Mark Washington, mm, uh, you know, I, I don't know how you sit there and get insulted like this every day, but so I, I, I want to just voice my appreciation for your work and what you're doing and just keep making Grand Rapids a better place and help younger people who maybe don't exactly know the best way to get things done. Let's help them out. Let's do that. So anyways, thanks. I appreciate it. Keep doing the good work. Thank you, Mr. Cattle. All right, with that, I'm going to close public comment period, and I'll turn to my colleagues, and I'll start down here with Commissioner Moody. No comment, Mayor. Thanks. Commissioner O'Connor? Thank you, Madam Mayor. I just, you know, we, uh, we talked about a couple of things on the fiscal uh, agenda earlier, and I just, uh, you know, it didn't get highlighted today, but I just did want to bring it up that we did uh, authorize today during the fiscal committee a uh, $330,000 expenditure to, uh, to partner uh, on the additional um, uh, winter sheltering and day center on Division Avenue to assist with uh, some of our unhoused population. Uh, and included in that were a couple of things I think that were of note that it's, a, you know, we're partnering with Mel Trotter. It's done in a, in a capacity that doesn't have the uh, some of the requirements that are typically uh, necessary to be able to, to utilize their services. Um, so it's open to everyone. And we're also uh, uh, creating a program in which to provide uh, storage for, uh, for folks to be able to have uh, a bin uh, locked and safe so that they can have their personal effects and their belongings uh, contained inside in a safe place that will be accessible to them so that they know that you know, their, their personal effects are, 
are, are safe. And I just think that's important that we, you know, we made that investment. We're continuing, you know, we are, we are listening. We are doing things to, to, to try to address this and we need to do, you know, do it in a safe, a capacity that's, that provides a safe environment for people to be able to, to shelter in. So, you know, I, I just, that was an important investment that did, I don't think I highlighted today, but I did, I did feel like it's important that we, uh, we make that noted. So. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner, for saying that. And I also want to thank city staff who worked on that. And I know we partnered with the county and a number of nonprofit organizations to make that happen. So thanks. Uh, Commissioner Erlinger. Just want to thank everyone for coming out this evening and for the comments that were made. Um, I know that there was one city manager, but I'll, if I wanted to share with you or comments with you, I'll look it up and I'll share that this evening. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Thanks, Mayor. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. Um, and I, too, just want to call out a couple of, you know, I noticed today throughout the day a couple of really uh, what I would consider to be personal gestures from staff to try to make the things that we were doing successful. And so I just am grateful for the ways that uh, staff is adapting to this time and trying to do better of communicating and doing that in a personal way and reaching out and, and, and really, I think, increasing our, our engagement as a city. And mostly I'm just, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. It'll be a long day, uh, to, and a lot to discuss, but I am excited to look forward with all of you about our priorities for the coming year and for the coming budget and, uh, to talk through the progress that's happened in the last six months and, and what could happen in the next 12. Thanks, Commissioner. Commissioner? Thank you, Mayor. Um, thanks for all the city staff. And, you know, I think just rec recognizing the people that put this room together. And so sometimes they're here early before appointments and, and after this meeting. So I want to say thank you. Um, today at appointments, we continue to talk about how do we create better systems to make sure appointments are, are sort of smooth and looking at just other uh, system changes so that the time that we ask um, residents to give to those bodies is going to be meaningful. So, um, Commissioners, please know that um, we're, we're going to be reviewing a number of the year-end appointments, people who are going to be uh, term-limited due to bylaws, who might not want to re-up and try to prioritize those that we need to get updated um, before the end of the year. And we have are planning to add an extra working meeting. So I want to say thank you to the city clerk and the city clerk's office, Daniel. Um, so not necessarily maybe uh, what people think about when we think about, you know, uh, being an elected office, but it is a lot of these nuances and sort of like the good govern good uh, governmental excellence pieces. So I wanted to highlight that. Um, thank you all for the conversation as it related to our public safety bodies. Thank you to Mr. Davis and, and those on the team that pulled that information together. I know that was a number of months in the making. Um, I also want to say thank you to all of you colleagues. I think, you know, sometimes, most of the time we're in agreement of what are the things in front of us, but I also think um, it is good to have moments where we're not agreeing and, you know, even though Commissioner uh, O'Connor and I didn't have the same opinion, I appreciate you sharing very openly like what you believe, so thank you. Um, and then I just want to remind everybody as we talk about sort of priorities, you know, Commissioner Ruppert, you mentioned uh, the session tomorrow, but also there has been um, quite a bit of information as related to the participatory budget process, which is something new. You know, I know there have been a lot of questions. Is, is this full participatory budget? What is this thing? It is something that I think we're trying and, and trying to iterate in a governmental entity is, you know, you learn a lot. So thank you to um, our the appointments that are now serving on that body. I know it is a quite a bit of time, <laughs> um, sort of every week meeting, but there has been 
uh, communication shared, there's been some video shared, and you can sign up to get alerts about uh, participatory budgeting or like everything we do in the city, uh, acronym PB. So I encourage people to take a look at that um, because uh, I think we've gotten over that hump of, you know, sort of where we're at in the summer and getting people on board and have a really uh, good process moving us into, the, into 2022. So thank you. Thank you. Good. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thank you. I had it written down and I totally forgot. So I, I meant to say it on that. Um, so um, I want to say thank you today to Mr. Kane, who um, reminded the commission of the Safe Pitch Task Force event that is happening. Thank you to GRPS uh, for allowing us to host at Ottawa Hills and for um, just the continued support. I think we have about seven or eight pitches that have been turned in. Um, now I'm forgetting the, the, the deadline. <laughs> Where's Mr. Kane? <laughs> the 13th. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the assist. So the 13th. Um, so you heard from some individuals, there's been some others. And when we think about, uh, sort of that prevention piece, it could be a variety of things. So, uh, we, we had a number of, uh, ribbon cuttings this weekend, uh, books and mortar, had an opening in their new location in the second ward. And then I had the opportunity to be at the ribbon cutting for um, the Rye Salon, uh, Cindy Beersford. She's moved to the corner of Diamond and Wealthy. And so at those events, we were able to talk about um, just some individuals thinking about, you know, is this really for me, but talking about what are those prevention pieces. So it's good to see these businesses that are continuing to open during the pandemic and moving into new spaces. So uh, thank you, Commissioner, for the reminder. <laughs> Have a good night. Thank you. Uh, city Clerk? Uh, nothing tonight. All right, City Attorney? City Manager? Thank you, Mayor. I do want to thank the staff for the work in preparing uh, for today. We are actually preparing for three meetings, the meeting today, the meeting tomorrow, and, and um, we have back-to-back -back commission meetings the next week. So there's a, a lot of people who are really uh, doing, uh, going above and beyond to make sure we can um, provide the information for you as well as the public. I too want to emphasize my appreciation for the collaboration with Mel Trotter, the county guiding light in our community development department for um, putting uh, the proposal together for the expanded winter shelter that we um, approved today, that you approved today, that essentially doubled our um, city investment from last year in the county and uh, others stepping up as uh, Commissioner O'Connor mentioned earlier. I also want to thank uh, the water and wastewater department for <coughs> the briefing earlier today and um, uh, stabilizing our infrastructure for our water and wastewater systems as we continue to have uh, undetected PFAS levels in our water and uh, lead detection levels well below the standard. So uh, thank you for that work. I also want to um, just uh, acknowledge all the veterans that continue to serve, have served and continue to serve our country as uh, we prepare to acknowledge uh, the national holiday this week and wish them a happy Veterans Day. Thanks, City Manager. I'm not echo that. I know many of us have relatives, myself included, who uh, are veterans, and so appreciate the city being a part of recognizing vets uh, across our community. And commissioners, I'm just going to add a couple things. Um, 
really looking forward to our time together tomorrow, especially the update that we're going to receive on our work related to housing and homelessness. So on the agenda, there will be a number of items uh, that we'll get updated on, including the new strategic plan for the coalition, uh, as well as uh, the need to improve coordinated entry. And then some of the work that I've been doing uh, as a part of the of the board for the Housing Stability Alliance. So hopefully tomorrow we'll really be able to get an update on how all those pieces come together. Uh, as, as it relates to housing, uh, some of you are aware there uh, was a bill passed in the House uh, recently that will take away a significant amount of local control related to how we oversee uh, short-term rentals. Uh, so we know that uh, in some communities, short-term rentals have had a huge impact on the availability of, of housing, particularly uh, affordable rental housing. That's a huge concern of mine. Um, it's going to be considered in the Senate. Uh, I've already contacted our senators and am working with a coalition of mayors to come together to voice our opposition to that legislation. It would have a huge impact on our local uh, efforts, in my opinion, related to housing, especially affordable housing. So if you haven't had a chance to take a look at that uh, and weigh in, I would encourage you to do that. There is a, a pretty large group of us who have been meeting regularly to figure out what we need to do to try to get the votes to vote that down in the Senate. Um, if that is not successful, then we'll be going to the governor's office and asking her to veto that bill. Uh, and we'll keep you updated. I know Karin Farrick here uh, in our government affairs is also working really closely on that um, with our partners in Lansing. And then last, I just want to thank uh, Kristen Turkelson. I don't know if she's out there or if she's watching tonight, but I just want to uh, thank Kristen and her entire team. We launched the update of the master planning process last week. Um, this is a significant undertaking uh, with almost 50 individuals who are serving on that committee. It's a, a time commitment, and I appreciate their willingness to do that. And again, this is a great opportunity as we look towards the future and how we plan for growth and especially how we plan for housing. Um, so I just want to thank her and the city manager and everyone who worked to kick that off. Uh, it's an important process that eventually, uh, once we get through the process, we'll come back to this body for approval. Uh, and with that, we'll adjourn.